Betrayal comes in many forms on this earth. And betrayal can come even from people with good intentions. And you've heard the old adage, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Betrayal hurts. People we feel should support us, shoot us down or stab us in the back. And unfortunately, betrayal is still a part of this world. It's not a problem of religion. It's a problem of the depraved and unrighteous condition of people's hearts. Yes, all people. Now, I've been walking through Matthew's gospel for a couple of years, and this is the 118th consecutive installment on my part. Jesus was betrayed. He is in Gethsemane agonizing over his own death. And the hour for his kingdom and authority to be established, this is Matthew's primary theme, this hour is at hand, and his betrayer approaches. This is Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 56. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled? which say that it must happen this way. At that time, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. While Jesus is speaking about the hour of his coming and betrayal, you see that in Matthew chapter 26, verses 45 and 46, just before this part of the story, that Judas Iscariot comes with an army to betray Jesus to his death. He betrays Jesus with a kiss, and Jesus is seized by the army of the chief priests and elders. This does not surprise Jesus. Jesus predicted that Judas would betray him in Matthew chapter 26, verses 21 through 25. Still, the sinking of the heart and the immediate disbelief we experience when those who seem to be our closest allies bury the knife in deep. When Peter sees this betrayal and realizes that his Lord is being bound, he draws a sword and swings severing the ear of the high priest's slave. This was war. But, but look at Jesus' response. He tells Peter to put the sword away. 
offering a turn of phrase, those who live by the sword shall perish by the sword. Doubtless an allusion to Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Violence only breeds violence. Jesus' captors would be under the just judgment of God, according to Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Jesus did not want that for Peter. A responding to evil with evil does not end the evil. There may be times when violence is a justified response to the evils of humankind, but this was not such an occasion. Jesus was to be handed over. He is to go as a lamb to the slaughter. He will make atonement by suffering the death of a criminal. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus claims to have authority over the heavenly hosts, but he will go willingly because all of history and salvation and the establishment of the earth depends on him going to the cross. This is the climax of the story. It must happen this way. After speaking to Peter, Jesus addresses the army coming against him. Why did they not seize him in public when he was teaching? Why the secrecy? Why the underhandedness? Jesus reveals to them that they are fulfilling the scriptures. This moment must be. The kingdom of heaven can only be established in the blood of the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, the Eternal Father, Mighty God, and Wonderful Counselor, according to Isaiah chapter 9. He will conquer sin and death in one fell swoop. What Jesus knows will be the ultimate victory is the ultimate defeat from the perspective of the disciples. They leave Jesus and flee. They are scared. They are in retreat. Now, Jesus knows that his betrayal leads to his victory and the good of the whole world. Now, the, the disciples think they have lost. Jesus also knows the outcome of betrayal and defeat in our lives, even though we often think we are defeated. Look at what Scripture tells us. God works all things together to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Ever since Genesis 3, God has been taking intentional and purposeful steps to preserve his world, to end injustice and to kill death. We see this in Genesis chapter 8 verses 21 and 22 after the fall of humankind and following the flood. At the end, even death will go extinct. You can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 25 and 26 and Revelation 21 4. The disciples do not realize what will be accomplished through this betrayal. We often don't know the good that God is working together as we are betrayed or experience defeat in this life. We don't know the good that God is working together when we see great tragedies and violence and injustice perpetrated by evil people. There may be appropriate times to draw the sword. Look at Luke chapter 22 verse 36 when Jesus actually tells his disciples to sell their cloaks and buy a sword if they don't have one. Right? But, but to do well, we must be concerned about something higher than our personal victories or defeats. Our vision is so limited. But God's will, knowledge, and purpose are sure.
He works all things to our good if we love Him and are called according to His purpose. God will cause us to lose a battle when it means good for us and His kingdom. He doesn't give us everything we want. And I find this to be highly encouraging. We can find rest in the midst of the storm. Jesus is going willingly to the cross. He will lose his life, but will take it up again and will be given all authority in heaven and on earth. His kingdom will be established and his people will be given life in his kingdom.